You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Lockdown Wolves Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you daily Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the, the new LockedOn.com website. It's a great place to find new podcasts that maybe you haven't listened to yet, to find podcasts of your favorite shows. Go there. They're all in one convenient location. Also, make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast that is a place where you can get updates from around the NBA every single day giving you recent news and keeping you up to date with the league you love so much today we are going to be talking about the Kings game that the Timberwolves have tomorrow I know it's a a day early but I'm getting a jump on this game's preview we're finishing out the west coast road trip five games a week long the timberwolves have been on the road this is the last game hopefully hopefully they can find their first road win their own seven on the road right now this season i couldn't think of a better person to have previewing the kings with me than matt george the host of the locked on kings podcast matt thanks so much for joining us colton it's an absolute pleasure my man how are you I'd be a lot better if we could find some road wins here. My goodness. Yeah, that's a problem that uh, we have been used to in the past with the Kings, but thankfully got off to the good start with the uh, the Eastern Conference road trip against some of the weaker Eastern Conference opponents. Uh, so the Kings are feeling pretty good right now, but I, I certainly understand and feel your pain. Well, and the Timberwolves, too, they're losing games that even you think they, they're – can have success in it. We'll get to the Lakers game from last night, but first I wanted to jump to the the Kings in general. They are starting off red hot six and five this season, six and five. They have a better record than the Timberwolves right now, and they are averaging 117.5 points per game. In case you don't know, that is fifth best in the NBA. What is making this team so offensively productive and what is giving them these victories, both home and away? Pace, pace, and more pace. <laughs> this team plays so unbelievably fast, Colton, that uh, I, I, if you haven't gotten the opportunity to actually watch a full game of Kings basketball, it'll be a good uh, good to see the Kings take on this Timberwolves team. And personally, looking at how these two teams match up, I think we're in for a great game in Sacramento on Friday night. Uh, but the, the Kings, what they have done so well and what they've completely flipped from last season is they push the ball and push the tempo at any given moment. Like as soon as there is a, now the Kings do struggle with rebounding and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit and their defense isn't too sharp, but in the event that they do get a defensive stop or force a turnover, they're moving quickly and they're trying to score between before the 16 or 17 second mark on the shot clock. I mean, they move so quick. They have completely bought into a, uh, a run and gun style system that runs completely uh, through De'Aaron Fox, who is finally playing or showing signs of being that star and being that leader uh, that the Kings were hoping he would be when they drafted him the, with the fifth overall pick and everybody top to bottom. And that includes Kings coaching staff, Dave Yeager and his staff uh, have a hundred percent committed to 
Uh, we don't care how the final score looks, and we understand that we have deficient or defensive issues. But if we get the ball, we're running and we're pushing, and we're going to do that for 48 minutes, regardless who is on the floor for the Kings. And our ultimate goal, the Kings' ultimate goal, is to tire teams out, and that's what we've been seeing, uh, especially in these the six wins that the Kings have. You'll notice uh, a massive drop off in production from uh, from teams offensively in the third and fourth quarters, particularly in the fourth. Fourth quarters. That's where the Kings are making a majority of their separation, simply because opponents are just so tired. I talked about going into and pace is one thing that, and we'll get to that more in a second here. Pace is one thing that you see around the NBA is increasing, and the teams that really are taking advantage of it with with young guys just running all over the place and not really worrying about position or worrying about. Uh, it seems like teams that are abandoning a little bit defense in sacrifice of pace are actually being successful. You'd think it'd be the inverse, but it's actually being successful and rewarded. But I talked about going into this road stint for the Timberwolves. The point guards they're facing are all doing so much better, not only just playing better, but they're playing more efficiently. Whether it's Steph Curry, whether it's Lonzo Ball, all the point guards, their back, the backcourts the Timberwolves are facing are going to give them a big problem. And you've seen that throughout this road trip. And that holds true, true tonight against the Kings. Fox has been playing lights out, shooting 50% from the field, averaging 18.7 points per game and 7.8.3 excuse me, assists per game. All of those are big leaps up from last year. Outside of pace, is there just a comfort level that you see in Fox that you didn't see last year of a free-flowing looseness to his game that you didn't see last year? Is that kind of the key for him is just really finding himself in this new system around some new players? Yeah, the system certainly helps, and, and this sounds kind of strange, but despite the fact that the Kings play so fast and he plays so fast, the game has significantly slowed down for him. And that's one of the things he said uh, multiple times is that he has time, or he doesn't have to think plays ahead now. He can react in the moment, and he's starting to make the, make the right reactions with just as, as net massive growth from the 19-year-old kid that he was last year trying to force everything uh, to what he did this year. The best measuring stick that I could put it to uh, was last Last year, when the Washington Wizards came into town into Sacramento, that was De'Aaron Fox's first ever start as an NBA player, and he went against John Wall. John Wall absolutely embarrassed him. The Wizards embarrassed the Kings. It was a blowout from the very beginning. It wasn't close. John Wall and the, the Wizards come back this season, and De'Aaron Fox outplayed Wall, and the Kings ended up beating that game against uh, against. Washington. So I'm not saying like that is the end all be all. Washington is the complete measuring stick in the NBA. Uh, but if you wanted a perfect example of the growth between De'Aaron Fox at 19 last season and De'Aaron Fox now, uh, that would be it. His passing has gotten a lot better. He's allowing his speed and his quickness uh, to open up the the game for his teammates. And I think that's only going to get better once we get Bogdan Bogdanovich back in consist, uh, consistent minutes, helping space the floor on the perimeter because he'll probably do a better job of that than Justin. Jackson. Jackson or Iman Shumpert do, but the system you brought up is 100% correct. I mean, the system is exactly made for him, where in, in the full court and transition, he's pushing the ball and he's faster than anybody else on the floor. I would go as far as to say he's the fastest guy in the NBA right now from uh, just getting to zero to 100. 
And then uh, in the half court, now the Kings half court offense needs a lot of work, but in the half court, the Kings are using a lot of high pick and rolls uh, with Fox and Willie Cauley Stein and then allowing Buddy Heald and uh, either Justin Jackson and Nemanja Bielitsa to space the floor so that uh, both Fox and Willie Cauley-Stein have room to cut and to make it to the rim, which they're doing so much better. The only deficiency that I see in De'Aaron Fox's game, by the way, he's shooting 50% from three-point range over the last six games. The only deficiency I'm seeing is at the free-throw line. He's starting to get there more, but he's just not capitalizing. Definitely exciting player and somebody to watch from the backcourt of the Kings. Getting into the Timberwolves side of things a little bit. If you didn't see, they had the 114-110 loss to the Lakers last night. And they they were close most of this game. The really big concern for me, there's two things going from the Timberwolves to the or from the Lakers to the Kings, excuse me, for the Timberwolves. The first thing is this defense is really bad. They need to capitalize on turnovers. The Lakers had 16 turnovers. You look at the Timberwolves, they had 21 turnovers on points off of turnovers. They could have had, even if you're just getting twos, they could have had at least 32 points off of the 16 turnovers if you're just going for twos. So you're looking at at least 11 points left on the board, left out on the floor there for the Timberwolves. They've got to compensate poor defense with turnover points and they've got guys who can get steals Wiggins had three steals last night Butler had three Taj Gibson had three steals you can get steals from the Timberwolves they're not going to play outstanding defense just man-to-man but they can get turnovers now they need to really capitalize on these turnovers is that something that you see them being able to take advantage of against the Kings or are the Kings going to be able to play pretty disciplined with the basketball against the Timberwolves One of the surprises about this team, Colton, is the fact that you thought, okay, it's a young team. They're committing to playing fast, so they're going to be sloppy with the basketball. They've actually been pretty good at taking care of the basketball all season long. De'Aaron Fox is coming off of a game last night uh, where he did turn the ball over five times, and he was vocally frustrated and visibly frustrated during the game. Uh, And afterwards, he said simply that was just unacceptable for him, and that's not something that uh, he normally does. The Kings are great or have been great thus far at taking care of the basketball. But anytime you play fast, uh, there is opportunity for turnovers. I think where opponents have the the biggest area uh, of distinction between themselves and the Kings, you mentioned that the Timberwolves aren't the best defensive team, but they're probably going to be a better rebounding team than the Kings. And one of the things that takes the wins uh, out of this Kings team sales is because they're not a good defensive team, uh, they need to capitalize every chance they get on getting defensive stops. But this Kings team gives up a lot of second chance opportunities and a lot of offensive rebounds. And that could just be demoralizing for a team that's trying to change uh, or trying to put some points together, trying to go on a run. Last night is the perfect example. The Kings were within 11, 12, 13 points. The Raptors for almost the entire game and only three times they were able to get it back into single digits. But they couldn't string any buckets together because on their stops. They weren't getting out in transition because they were allowing too many second chance points. That's the biggest area where I could see Carl Anthony Towns uh, and this uh, really, really good rebounding Timberwolves team uh, really hurt the Kings. But in terms of taking care of the basketball, I think the Kings are going to be better than some teams expect. And if you're looking at the numbers, the Kings 44.5 per rebounds per game that's 17th the Timberwolves are actually 25th in the NBA at 42.2 rebounds per game but they're averaging almost three rebounds more offensively per game so if you're looking at guys like Towns even Taj Gibson Gorgie those are the guys you need to see grab some offensive boards to get them those 
extra opportunities. Again, when you have a bad defense like the Timberwolves do, it's all about maximizing those couple of things that you do well to kind of cover up those defensive inefficiencies. And you've seen them do that at home. Now they just need to translate that to on the road play. Hopefully they can do that against the Kings. The last thing I want to talk about here before we get to some predictions was the three-point shooting. Both of these teams playing incredibly well from the arc. The Sacramento Kings actually third in the NBA in three-point percentage, 39.5% of their three-pointers. That's how many they're knocking down. They're knocking down 10.5 three-pointers per game and attempting 26.7 three-pointers per game. The Timberwolves in percentage are 11th. That's pretty good because they're at the bottom of the league last year at 11th and 36.2% shooting from the arc now in this road trip the first three games are actually shooting 26 percent from three-point range last night you saw them pick it up they shot 50 percent from range last night against the lakers 20 of 40 so getting back to some of that style of deep play that they were executing pretty well at home earlier in the season is this going to be kind of the defining mark which team can get hot because these teams have shown that they're able to spark some three-point shooting in off the transition buckets. They get down the, to the other end of the floor quickly, find a guy in the corner, knock down a bucket, and it's off to the races for one of these teams. Which team do you think will be able to start that run for their squad earlier in this game? Because I think that's going to define this. Yeah, I will tell you this. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves have a unique opportunity to continue to add on to that three-point shooting percentage because the Kings perimeter defense-wise have struggled and have not been a good team. They give uh, opponents far too many good looks uh, from three-point range and oftentimes rely on hopefully they have a bad shooting night and shoot themselves out of games and, and the Kings can create enough separation. Uh, but to answer your question, I think uh, it's, it's a great question personally. Uh, I think both these teams are going to look to try and establish the three-ball right away. The Kings' last two losses uh have come with zero uh zero i don't know what if effort's the right word uh zero production there's the word i want zero production <laughs> from nemanja bielitsa uh and bielitsa during that uh the five game win streak that the kings put together was lighting it up from three-point range really helping the Kings space the floor which of course opened all sorts of daylight and all sorts of opportunities uh for De'Aaron fox and willie collie stein down in the paint and uh in the cutting lines Now, Buddy Heald is now averaging over 20 points per game. He scored around 24, 25 points per game over the last five, six games. So he's finally coming alive as a scorer. Uh, Got off to a rough night shooting last night from uh, from three-point range, but managed to to capitalize in the mid-range for his 24 points. Uh, But I would be uh, surprised to see him have two performances like that. Uh, if he catches and shoots in the three-point range or on the perimeter, it's almost always going in. I think he's almost 60% from three-point range uh, when he catches and shoots. So the Timberwolves definitely have to key and keep an eye out for him. Uh, but if they're able to uh, to hold Nemanja Bielitsa and, and, and with, or withstand his production or, or make sure that uh, he doesn't get too many good looks and has another rough shooting night, uh, the Wolves will be in a good sh- spot, I think, uh, to beat the Kings in Sacramento. We're going to get to a quick break for some sponsors, and then we're going to look at some matchups and take a take a, a swing at some predictions here for this game. First, some sponsors. The Timberwolves face off against the Sacramento Kings in the final leg of their five-game, seven-day West Coast road trip. The Kings have been red hot. They're 6-5. and five. The Timberwolves are 0-7 on the road, looking for their first road victory this season 
against the Kings to finish out the West Coast trip. I'm here with Matt George, the host of the Locked on Kings podcast. We've been previewing the Kings a little bit here. Now we're going to take a look at some predictions, see if we can tell you which players, see if we can accurately tell you which players to look out for, and then try and grab maybe a score prediction as well. So, Matt, if you're looking at this Timberwolves roster, just as far as what the matchup is giving them, who are you most worried about? Carl Anthony Towns, and it's always going to be Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. Last year, uh, he absolutely bullied Willie Cauley-Stein uh, and the Sacramento Kings, and I'm not just worried about Carl Anthony Towns, the scorer. I'm also worried about Carl Anthony Towns, the offensive rebounder. Um, Andrew Wiggins is also up there as well, and I don't know if Jimmy Butler plans on playing or not. Who knows with that situation? <laughs> but uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins, because he plays the position he does at that three spot, that small forward spot, uh, the Kings have a tough time defending that position. Uh, so there's concern for him having a good night offensively. But Carl Anthony Towns has abused Willie Cauley-Stein in the past, and the Kings haven't had seemed to have an answer for him. Even when they had DeMarcus Cousins here, they couldn't really stop Carl Anthony Towns. So I'm expecting Cat to have a, uh, a big game, and the Kings are going to do everything they can and throw everything they can at Cat. Uh, if he gets his buckets, fine. If he scores, you know what? I can live with that. Just keep him, for God's sakes, off the offensive glass when one of his teammates misses. Yeah, I, as far as you mentioned Jimmy Butler and who knows if he'll play, this is actually the first time in, I believe, a week. I'm looking at the Las Vegas Review Journal. This is the first time in like a week that he isn't on the injury report for uh, full body soreness, as they put it, just because he's been up in the air. You don't know whether he's going to play. He's picking and choosing the games he wants to show up for so it's it's a question mark there for him Jeff Teague will be out this game I'm more concerned about the defense of the backcourt and the Timberwolves ability to stop Fox he's been so good this season like you were outlining earlier but it just seems like if the Timberwolves are up Fox is going to be key in getting the Kings back into these games and we know how the Timberwolves have blown leads this season so far so I'm thinking the the play Towns obviously is key for the Timberwolves and being successful, but I'm thinking kind of the underlying key here for the Timberwolves might actually be Tyus Jones and his ability to get guys like Fox in the backcourt to turn the ball over a few times, get some key turnovers, and then make them pay for it on the other end. Him getting turnovers specifically from that backcourt I think will be a sneaky key to this game. Hopefully he can grab a, little, a few more minutes than he did against the Lakers. He only had 12 minutes last game again against the Lakers. But now for the the Kings, if you guys win this game, X has to be really good. Um, Nemanja Bjelica, honestly, I mean that's he. All has right, the been former Timberwolf. He has really been a trade. Yeah, former Timberwolf Nemanja Bjelica. He's really been a trend center uh, setter for this Kings team this season, and the Kings have certainly relied on him to to space the floor. Maybe a bit of a revenge narrative because the Timberwolves and and and. Uh, Tom Thibodeau never played him as much as he deserved or wanted to be played. Uh, I suppose you could tie that in there. Uh, I'm, and I'm not looking for a, a massive game from Bielitsa, but 10 to 15 points, uh, two, three, four, three pointers where he's able just to space out the floor. So defenses will respect him a little bit more uh, than they have in the past couple of games and allow him to really set the pace offensively. Also, we'll see how Bogdan Bogdanovich does in his second game back uh, coming off the bench. 
Uh, it's it's going to be a team effort uh, effort like it normally is every single night, Colton, just because there is not really an established star yet on this team. Uh, Fox needs to have a good game as well. But I'm looking really for a bounce-back performance from Nemanja Bielitsa. And to be completely honest with you, this is game two for the Kings of a very tough four-game uh, homestand. And they're also in game two of a brutal 10-game stretch. Uh, so they're, th- to me, this game is must-win for this Kings team. This is the mm. most winnable game out of this four-game stretch because you have the Lakers coming in on Saturday and then the San Antonio Spurs coming in on Monday. Uh, so this is a must-win game for the Kings, uh, and I think they're going to treat it as such. I like it. I like it. Are you feeling confident in a score prediction, my friend? Uh, I can throw one out there. We'll, we'll see what we can do. I love it. Give, it. give us what do you think the final score of this one will be? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking high scoring because of both teams' lack of defense. I'm thinking the Kings are going to want to reestablish themselves pace-wise, which they did well in the first quarter against the Raptors, but kind of fell off in quarters two, three, and four. Uh, I'm looking for a, a high-scoring, fast-paced game. Give me 123 to 118. The Kings take it over the Timberwolves. I like it. I was I was going in the same vein there. I'm thinking 126, 127 to 120 in favor of the Timberwolves. I, I respect De'Aaron Fox a lot. I loved him coming out of college, go, go, coming out of Kentucky. And I think that this Kings team is reaching a new level and they're getting a lot of spacing for their guards, especially because of that three-point shooting they have. But at the same time, you talk about a must-win game for the Kings and the, the games they have coming up. This is even more of a desperation kind of game yeah. for the Timberwolves. 0-7 on the road this year. They desperately need to find success away from home. And as far as completing the road trip, they need to get a bad taste out of their mouth that the road trip is going to leave there because of the, the four bad losses they've had. And a few games that they have kind of given away with leads uh, that they enter the second half with a lead and then kind of lose lose sight of the game, lose sight of their offense, and, and lose the game in the final when the final buzzer goes. And so they desperately need this win. They desperately need this game to go well, and they're going to really fight for it. And I see it being a high-scoring game where the Timberwolves end up coming victorious. But again, the way these two teams play defense, it really is a coin flip. Yeah, and uh, if I can add one thing to it, the, uh, a best-case scenario for the Timberwolves is uh, forcing the Kings into a lot of half-court sets or as many half-court sets as possible because the Kings' playbook is very limited uh, in the half-court, and oftentimes they force up a lot of bad uh, mid-range jumpers, which is the most inefficient shot in the NBA today. Uh, and then on top of that, the Kings' bench unit has lacked scoring typically, well, pretty much all season long. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich coming back hopefully will help with that, although it didn't too much last night against Toronto. Uh, but when those second units come in, look for the Timberwolves to try and take advantage of the fact that the Kings just can't seem to find a score with that second unit. So that might be a good area to make up ground if indeed the Wolves do fall behind early because of the, the fast-paced play of Fox and his, uh, his, his cohorts. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining the show. Make sure to check out his show, the Locked on Kings podcast, and also make sure to rate and subscribe to this show and to just all the NBA shows around the Locked on NBA network. Tons of great hosts giving you tons of great content every single day. Again, Matt, thank you so much for joining the show, and thank you to the listener for tuning in to another Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.